0: I'd like to begin today with the context of the gospel. So Christ is in Jerusalem, around all the Pharisees, the leaders of the faith, and the Israel people. And he calls himself the Good Shepherd. So what's the significance of this time and in this place for him to give that identity to himself? Well, God oftentimes, especially through the prophets, would refer to the kings and the priests of old as shepherds. Very rarely does he say they are good shepherds. He actually often says that they are bad shepherds. And then he talks about all the consequences that happen to the sheep because the priests and the rulers aren't being good shepherds. So you have in Ezekiel 34, he says, it mainly comes down to two principal complaints. They're either dominating over the sheep or they're neglecting them. So in Ezekiel 34, he says, Priests, you did not bring back the stray or seek the lost but ruled them harshly and brutally. Or on the other hand, they neglected their duties to properly teach the faithful, to keep them in the commandments. So God says in Hosea, My people die for lack of knowledge. Because you priests have rejected knowledge, you have forgotten the law of your God. Therefore, I will forget your people, which is a really harsh statement. Saying that when the priests do not teach the people the commandments of God how to be in relationship with Him, it more and more disconnects Him from them. And that's when Christ says the wolves take over the sheep when the priests act like hired workers, right? The wolves represent ideologies and false ideas that lead the people away from the one true teaching of Jesus Christ and the history of our people. So the priests either fail from either being too harsh or neglectful of their duties. And God's answer to this problem comes in Ezekiel 34, when he says, I myself will come to lead my sheep. I myself will come to deliver them and restore them to the land and bring them to good pasture. So when Jesus Christ stands before them and calls himself the good shepherd, he's identifying himself as God come in the flesh himself to lead his people to paradise. It's the fulfillment of that prophecy. But unfortunately, he still decided to institute the priesthood with his apostles, the Last Supper. It's good for me because that means I have a job. It's bad for you because that means that you still have to deal with weak human priests and instruments who often will fall in those two sides of either being too demanding on the sheep Holding the bar too high where they can't reach it, or neglecting their duties to properly teach them. But this all made me really question, meditate this last week on, well, what does it mean to be a good shepherd? And that's not just for me to learn about for myself, but also for you to judge. If you don't know what a good shepherd looks like, well, you're not going to know how to judge us priests. And we all know how people love to judge priests. So I just want to give you the proper parameters to do so. So in light of God's warning and Christ's own example, I believe the two most fundamental virtues of the priesthood, of any leaders, which is also means parents and teachers, are conviction and compassion. Jesus, who is truth incarnate, lays down his life for his people. He perfects conviction and compassion in his own flesh. So as we said before, one danger of the priesthood is to be too hard, to expect more than the people can give at a certain time, to show them the truth, but not give them the necessary love and the patience and the nurture in order to help them to reach that. And that's what Christ said to the Pharisees. You tie up heavy burdens and place them on people's shoulders, but you do not lift a single finger in order to help them carry it. So that's conviction without compassion. And conviction without compassion is tyranny. It's like dangling food in front of a a person who can't reach it, right? It just leads them to despair. The other danger is to neglect to teach the people what they need to do in order to be in proper relationship with God. To fail to teach the commandments to the people. Like God said, my people die for lack of knowledge. When priests do not give the commandments of the Lord, the people slowly drift away. So compassion, being with the people, loving the people, but not having the conviction of the faith, well, then you have nothing to offer. It's like someone's drowning and you jump in to save them, but you can't swim or you have nothing to pull them back on. it's, It's like it was nice of you to do that, but now we're both just drowning together, right? compassion without conviction. So the church is called to proclaim the unchanging truths of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who on the day of his death, said to Pilate, for this I was born, for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who listens to my voice hears the truth. And that's principal vocation of every priest is to continue to proclaim the unchanging truth of Jesus Christ that he himself died to give to us. So we really have to believe that, that only Christ's truth can save us. Only the truth of Jesus Christ can save us. Truth is a medicine. Compassion is a hand that does anything it can to get that medicine to the people who are in need. So this was brought up to me in context of, I was thinking about this in context of something that someone brought up to me the other day. I think it's worth mentioning. So conviction and compassion must go together. And from everything I've heard from a lot of people who lived through, like the pre-Vatican II church, it sounded like the church had a lot of conviction back then, like it was really strong on its rules and regulations, but it failed in compassion. There wasn't a sense of mercy. There wasn't a sense of reaching out and loving the world and being a part of the world and, and really drawing people in. I wasn't there, I'm not that old, but I've been hearing that from a lot of people, so I'd I take there's some truth in that. And that's wrong. It's conviction without compassion. It's incomplete. I can tell you about our times. And in our times, I can definitely tell you that we've swung to the other side. And now, more and more, I'm seeing a church that professes a great compassion for the world, a desire to be with the world, a desire to love the world and not condemn the world. But little by little, we are losing the convictions of the faith and being afraid to preach the truths of Jesus Christ to a world that is afraid to hear that. And just recently, so the, the Vatican put out, they're just reaffirming what we've always said as Catholics that, so for instance, with same-sex unions, we said, they said, it's never okay for a priest to bless a same-sex couple, right? We're there to help them, to try to bring them into the church, but we can never bless what is sinful, right? Because then we're, we're condoning them in a life that hurts their soul and their salvation. Fair enough. But then they had some bishops, and this is what was brought to my attention, that someone came to me and said, how is it possible? These, these bishops in Germany got together and publicly came out against the Vatican and said, you know, I think that, that number one, we don't agree with you, and number two, it lacks compassion. Use those words, it lacks compassion. Interesting. Well, they had a synod, and this is what they had, they, the, these certain bishops who were together said in their put out in a public statement in their mini synod that they had. They said, there is no one truth of the religious, moral, and political world and no one form of thought that can lay claim to ultimate authority. Those are coming from a Catholic bishops. That's a denial of truth. That's a denial of Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Peter just said. There is no salvation through anyone else, nor is there any other name under the heavens given to the human race by which we are to be saved. That's the foundations of our faith. So, I mean, you shouldn't be surprised. It's it's a scandal. It's sad when we hear certain things like that. But we shouldn't be surprised because you're always going to have priests who are neglecting the truth or priests who are holding so hard onto it that they're losing their compassion. So these shepherds, under the appearance of compassion, have lost their conviction of the faith. And that's a danger. I had one event happen to me back in seminary that it was a great lesson for me. I'll never forget it. A man came to me, After I had given a speech, this was many years ago, I was studying in seminary, I gave a speech, he came to me after, and uh, we just started talking, and we just had an immediate connection. And he had a wife and children, and he asked if he could come back and see me. And so he started doing that, started coming back to see me quite often. we started, you know, just getting closer, and he'd start saying things to me like, Would you still love me if you found out I was a leper? Jesus loved the lepers. Jesus even touched the lepers. Would you love me if you found out that I was a leper? I had no idea what he's talking about. I was just, yeah, I, I know I, I know you. I mean, nothing's gonna change my opinion about you. you know, and then he would just be quiet, he wouldn't say anything. And this lasted for some time. And one time he said, there's something I need to tell you that I haven't I've told almost no one in my life, but I, I need to tell you. And then he wouldn't say anything. But one day he came to me, Maybe very many months later, and he said, Today is the day I'm gonna tell you something I've told to almost no one before in my life. He's very quiet, very scared. And he said, Almost all my life I've suffered from same-sex attraction. He's quiet, he wouldn't even look at me in the eyes. And all I could think about was those words that he said: like, Jesus loved the lepers, Jesus loved. Touched the lepers. And I knew there was no word I could say to him right then. So all I did is I I just went up and I hugged him. But the interesting thing was that when I hugged him, he froze. And he he stepped back. And he looked at me and he said, so you're going to tell me that it's okay? And I said to him, the fact that you have this inclination is not your fault. It's definitely not okay to act on it, but I'll do whatever I can to walk with you on this way and help you carry that cross." And as soon as I said that, he started to cry. And he said, I was so afraid. He goes, I knew you wouldn't reject me, but I was so afraid that you were going to tell me that it's okay to act on this, which I really wasn't expecting him to say. And he said to me, basically, he said, when he's opened this up to people in his life, he got one of two answers. Either he was rejected altogether, he was treated like a leper, or the person told him that it was his natural and that he should act out on it. He shouldn't be ashamed of it. But he had a very deep relationship with Jesus Christ and he knew that that was wrong. But what he said, what gave him so much suffering in his life is, is that those who believe that it was wrong didn't have compassion on him. And those who had compassion on him didn't believe that it was wrong. So he either experienced conviction without compassion or he had compassion without conviction. We need both. To love the sinner and never agree with the sin. To never condone it. Conviction and compassion. I love you, I'm with you, I'll walk every stage of this journey with you, but I can never condone the sins that will hurt your soul, that will hurt your life and your salvation. So I invite us all to just ask that question, because we're all different, we're in different places in our life, and we're all called to be priests, shepherds of souls in our own way. Do I need more conviction in my life about Christ's teachings, Or do I need more compassion in my life to seek the lost sheep? Each of us will have a different answer in that. If you have great conviction for the commandments, praise God. Hold on to that. But focus on compassion. Focus on the lost sheep around you, those who need the medicine of Christ that is delivered through compassion. Our goal is not just to save our soul with the truth. It's just the beginning. Our goal is to become like Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, Truth Incarnate, who lays down his life for the lost sheep, to become love in action for others. If you have a deep compassion for the world, for other human beings, for suffering, praise God, nurture that. But make sure that your compassion is founded on conviction. Never be ashamed of the gospel. Never be ashamed of the words of Jesus Christ. Never sacrifice his truth. Because without it, we as a church have nothing to offer this world. And to think that we should, what really blows my mind, is at times that I even fall into this temptation to think that I would love someone more by not telling them the truth. Which is really to say that I love, so I believe I love someone more than God himself loves them. That I have a better way to save them. That's a temptation that goes in my mind too. But it's a lie. There's nothing greater we can give to anybody in this world than the truth embodied in our love for them. But in the end, in the midst of all the failures in our church, the failures of us priests, our greatest comfort and consolation as Catholics is that we're on the other side of the Good Shepherd. We're not waiting for God to fulfill that promise. We know Jesus Christ. We know the God who became flesh and offered his life for our salvation. And we know the one who continues to fulfill that prophecy every single time we come to Mass, when he gives himself completely to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. He continues to cry out to us like he did in Ezekiel, Look, I myself come to search for my sheep and examine them. As a shepherd examines his flock, I will come to them and deliver them. I will lead them and gather them, and I will bring them back to their own country, and I myself will pasture my sheep. As long as we always keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, then we ourselves will never be lost. And we will always carry the conviction and the compassion that we ourselves need to save a broken world.